0: Podcast sharing my wisdom to help you navigate this great undertaking called Life. Well, the stakes are high. Happy Wednesday to all that are listening. I'm Mark Evans. I'm with my great friend Phil and I use the up? word great. I'm changing that. Yeah, no, I, like I want to up the ante a little I like bit. That too. I'm here with my extraordinary
1: extraordinaire.
0: Phil Anderson is with me across the table. Knuckle it up. Thank you for being part of this very first lunch break podcast. It was a dream of mine a long time ago to share some wisdom with people I don't know. Do you follow politics much? I know I do, but are you in deep?
1: I do. I don't know that I follow it as much or as deep as you do, but I do follow it, yes. Yeah. So I'm in,
0: it's 2024, right? Mm -hmm. We're rolling up on 2024, election season. Sure. So the world's going to blow up, probably. Fires, earthquakes, famines, blood moons. Everything. Everything, because it's election cycle in the United States of America. But that pumps me up. I get excited, but... Uh, Did you follow the governor's race in California back when they were, you know, Gavin Newsom's running against true. Larry Elder. Okay, well, Larry Elder said something, and now the phrases pop back up. He okay. said that we're uh, there's a crisis in our nation. Uh, we have a generation of fatherlessness. Mm. Uh, so that was one of his things. That's one of the cultural issues of our day is fatherlessness. Sure. And then Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. you checking with him? Oh, yeah, I well, like him, actually. Yeah, the dude's incredible. You think yeah. he's going
1: to win? I think that he got a good bump in the polls from the Republican uh, debate the other night. I yeah. think a lot of people noticed him i don't know if he'll win but i think he has the potential to be a front runner in the republican party
0: yeah i do too i like him i've been following him a long time hindu dude yeah but he's got some good morals out there yeah i think so and smart as a whip yeah i don't know if a whip smart but that felt good smart as a whip if you're not following that guy man go on instagram i think twitter but i catch him on instagram he's got some great politics rolling around so it's going to be interesting but you know what he said hmm. In the debate, he said we suffer from, guess what? What's that? Generation of fatherlessness. Okay. So that intrigues me. Several years ago, I wrote a book. I started it. I actually dug it back out uh, last week because I'm like, I have to. It was finished, but I needed to finish the editing. And the the title of my book from three years ago is called The Genesis of Fatherhood. Mm-hmm. I was praying about just my own family, my own life, some uh, dreams that I had had about what I wanted to accomplish in yeah. life. I'm rolling up on 60 sure. years old, right? So I'm sliding into third base. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even you know, like to yeah, say that. I, I'm way past midlife crisis. <laughs> right. I'm sliding into third. Right. I do go to the gym quite a good often. Thing. Yeah. I know it doesn't look like that, but but in that thinking about, I want my life to make a difference. I started thinking about how many people I bump into that come from a broken family, a broken family, a, a, an abusive father, an absent father. And so that intrigued me. And I wrote a book and I, look, I said, I dug it back out a few days ago to just brush over it, right? know, just get ready to send it to be published. It'll be published uh, probably in another month and a half. But I wrote it out of A Generation of Fatherless for that same good. thing. And what intrigued me is Larry Elder brings it up in his politics. Vivek brings it up in his politics. And I'm like, there. it is true. This is not just a spiritual thing. It's, right. it, 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 it's in the political arena sure. now. It's a social thing, a cultural thing. And so there's this, what really started... Burning in my heart. I think I talked to you one day when we were, we met up for coffee and I said, Man, I want to launch this thing called Lunch Break Podcast again. It was an idea I had five, six years ago. And it was basically offering snippets of wisdom just as a father to people, no charge at all, just to speak to a generation that's never had a dad affirm them, that's never had wisdom, that has never had the, uh, the voice of a, an authority figure father in their life to guide them. Right. And, and by authority figure, I don't mean somebody that's trying to abuse you and manipulate because the true heart of a father is they want the best for you. And my dad's 87 still alive. And I love one thing he said the other day I had lunch with him. I meet with him a couple of times a week, right. To have lunch. And we were having lunch and he said, you know, my goal in life is that my children would do better than me. And I think sometimes in church, especially the Christian realm, that motivation is missing. Mm-hmm. Like we want to be in relational equity to make me better. Sure. I want Phil Anderson in my life to make me better sure. rather than the leaders, the mothers and fathers of, of Christian faith, the mothers and fathers, not even of Christianity, just natural mothers and fathers genuinely want the best. They, they want you to do better yeah, than them. Sure. And so we chatted about it. Here we are, episode one. I'm excited about it. I am too. To uh, achieve a vision and one of the visions I, I... we have it written out here at the church, seven things called the church I see, but one of them is that I see a church filled with spiritual mothers and fathers that give their time and wisdom to develop a younger generation. And so here we sit. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you for sitting in with me. Thank you. Every week on Wednesday, right before lunch, we're going to pop this out. Every and, week. And just give wisdom. We're going to talk about culture, politics, life, family, uh, intimate issues, relational issues, how to parent, how to be a husband, how to be a husband. How to be a wife? You you probably would know how to be a wife, so we'll talk about that. Right, but uh, I'm glad to be here, and thank you for doing it. It's going to be good. I hope that it achieves the goal of what I know it can achieve. And I I, I said, hope I'm in great faith. It will sure that. So welcome to day one, episode one. I hope you're enjoying your lunch. I hope you're listening to it. We put it out every Wednesday, 1145, right before lunch. So you can catch it on your way to lunch. Listen to it during your lunch break. We hope it gives you some wisdom. We'll give you ways as we get into this, how to contact us. If you want us to talk about certain topics and all, but I'm just going to throw it over to your side of the table. Sure, we've got a few minutes here to open up and talk about what I said in the opening. This this navigation of this thing called life. What a great undertaking, right? Yeah, sure, I believe the stakes are high. I believe marriages are in a crisis. Yeah. I believe sexuality is in a crisis, gender, uh, confusion. I believe we face a cataclysmic. Is that a new cataclysmic. word? Okay, it's, it's the coffee. Black Rifle, <laughs> so by good. the way. Do you know I quit drinking Black Rifle? You
1: know, I think we need to go for the, we need a sponsorship from them. They don't do it. I tried
0: that already. Oh, okay, now, But I still, I still do the mug. So sure. a cataclysmic problem. I don't think anybody, if we debated it, would disagree with that sure. there is there there's a marriage chaos there's family chaos gender sexuality confusion finances as well just people in debt over over you know gosh above and beyond debt sure. that just eats away at them and I've noticed now more than ever 33 years doing this I have noticed now more than ever people just living in chaos yeah Distracted, burned out, tired, frustrated, anxious. Uh, a political cycle coming, panicky. Sure. Right, just panic ensuing. COVID. Man, I want to. I want to talk about all that. I want to do my best to offer some of my wisdom to help people navigate it. So I'll throw it over to you sure. and just hear some of your insights on what you think's going on. And welcome to day one, podcast one, man.
1: Thank you, Mark. What I like about this podcast is I, I love your wisdom. I think you have an uncanny ability to uh, take situations and take even uh, passages from the Bible and unpack them in a very understanding way. And I've known you for almost 15 years now. And I I, I, I say this honestly, and not a joking way. You're one of the smartest guys I know. I've seen you help how many people. people do you know too, and okay. so you're the smartest man. And I'm at the top. Yeah, no, you're at the top. It's you know, it's a pretty good list, I think. Uh, but anytime you've even helped me, and I mean, you've got 33 years of marriage. You've got 40 years in ministry to include everything from puppets to oh, yeah. uh, everything else, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how you started was uh, puppets it's funny, years if ago, you right? Want
0: to talk church life? I have been doing this since age 10, right? So I got a pretty good navig. You know, uh, navigation of this menu called religion. I've been in it sure. since ten years old. Uh, marriage, yep, thirty three years living with all women. Yeah. I cannot speak to boys. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, just put them outside. Right, let them climb a tree. That's what good. I did. My mother never even checked on me. You just <laughs> right. go outside, come in before dark. Yeah, I, but if you got girls, that's all I have. I, I know anybody that has girls, call me. Yeah, I can help you. I've lived yeah. with all of them for thirty three years with all women in the house. So yeah, I feel like at 58, uh, I have a great friend named David Thaxton, and I, I shared with him years ago, I said, I can always give you wisdom. Like, right. I can sure. tell you what I think. I think everybody has opinions, whether it's smart opinions or not. Mm. I said, but the one thing I cannot give you is seasoning. Yeah, sure. You it's just good. have to earn it. Right. Right. You, you can, you can read books. Yeah. You can be educated. You can know every YouTube subject out there yeah. and it is a knowledge-based world. So knowledge is not the issue today, right. but seasoning is. Yeah. You got to put in the work. You got to put it in. You got to earn the scars. You got to do the time. And I feel like at age 58, rolling up on 59, that I've uh, earned some some scars at least. I've earned, I've done my time. What is it, old Queen song? I pay my dues. right. Right? I feel like I've paid my dues. I understand the church world pretty well. I understand marriage. Uh, been through the ups and downs of marriage, right? Sure. Child rearing, right? Ooh, welcome to that <laughs> nugget of life. Um, education, money, finances. I've been in debt. I've been out of debt. I've had money. I've had no money. I've, I've been through crisis. Uh, you know, my wife Robin through cancer battle. So sure. I feel like at this age, I do have a lot to of seasoning to offer to help a younger generation I want to do that so again thanks for being here so let's let's dive into this thing Do you got anything burning? Because
1: yeah, of course. Go ahead. I think that, and I have uh, a family. I have two young daughters. One's in middle school. One's in elementary school. And my wife is in the education system. And so, you know, we've got Fellowship of Sons coming up September eighth through the tenth. It's going to be an incredible conference for men. Everybody who is listening, you've got a week left to register. Really, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, But one of the things I I think that would be uh, good to talk about today is uh, someone like myself who has a family. Uh, and I look out in this generation and this world, really, of everything that you just talked about. And you've got all I see on the news lately is lockdown 2.0, right? It's coming up January, uh, the winter of 2024. Uh, I've even seen, I mean, in Congress, they're talking about aliens, uh, that they're real and the government has been hiding them and aliens are out there. You've got transgender. You've got, we don't know what a woman is, but you can identify as anything you want to, which is funny, even though we don't know what that is. Uh, Um, And so I guess the question and and what I'd really like to get some of your wisdom on is as a man uh, and a father, a husband who lives godly, who is the priest, the head of his household, how do I navigate through this generation right now in this world that we're living in? Because everything that you see, it just feels like it's crazy right now. So as a godly man, uh, I think it's important to, to discuss this. How do I lead my family in this world that's in what I would call a woke generation where everything goes and nothing's wrong. And even if you have a conversation uh, of a different opinion, it turns into a fight and no, we can't talk about that. Uh, and so how, 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 does that happen? How do I navigate my family uh, through this generation?
0: I think there's, it has to start, which the interesting thing about this is, is that you, you're not your daughters aren't coming from a broken family, sure. So you you have a stability that a lot of young people may not have. You're in the house with Alicia, your wife, and your children get to see mom and dad a lot. Of kids are tossed about to yeah, and fro. Right. So to try to offer some nugget of wisdom that can, you know, be over it for all, it it lands on asking the the question of what do. You're going to have to baseline it. Like, right. what do you really believe? Like, do you believe like there? And we have a gamut of that. We have conspiracy theorist beliefs. We have everything is just real belief. There's no conspiracies. Just right. live life. Uh, gosh, just talk about just the vaccine alone. There's everything from A to Z on what everybody thinks the government's doing versus medical versus it's good for you versus no, it's not. So then to jump into that and go, well, what wisdom do I have as a dad, right? The first thing I would offer is, what do you believe? Like, what, <clears throat> as a father, uh, do you genuinely believe here? Because your kids, I'm going to appeal to a friend of mine from years ago. His name's Phil. And I met him when I was twenty twenty three in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he was really big into family ministry. Like, that was his his wheelhouse was helping navigate marriage and families and child raising. Right. I, I was not even a kid in yet. So I, my first daughter was not born, but I connected with him and he's a very inspiring dude, uh, just very passionate about what he was called to do to help people. He said this to me, he said, Mark, your job as a parent is to live in such a way that as your child becomes an adult you have left footprints to the feet of Jesus. That's good. And you need to live in such a way that when they get to the feet of Jesus, you make them jealous to choose him, right? So those are two critical things. Number one, as a parent, am I, is my life an example of footprints that go to Jesus? Good. Sure. Like that. You, you would have to start there. Maybe some people don't even care. Like, I don't care about God. I don't even believe in God. But if we're going to pull God into it and, and, and want to raise a generation, cause I'm assuming here you are as a Christian man asking this, right? right? Every man probably has a their own opinions of how to do it. But from a Christian perspective, what good is it if you yourself aren't even leaving footprints, if your footprints that your children see only go to daddy just works really hard. Daddy's always gone. Daddy hollered at mom. Uh, Dad's at all my sporting events, which are great things if you're doing the good, right? right? You're doing good things for them. But at the end of doing good things for them, when they grow up, your footprints end in a sense and they go off to college or they get married and go off. Right. So my first question would be to tell any father, where do your footprints not don't, don't ask where does my wishes go? Like what you wish for your daughters? Like I think every good dad wishes good things. Stop wishing and just say, where are your feet leading them? If you couldn't speak a word, they just had to follow you. Are your footprints going somewhere that's going to make you proud following yours? What do you spend your energy doing? So I've said this before. I've never sat down with my kids, four of them, and said, all right, we're all going to have a family prayer time. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just never let's have a family prayer time. I've never sat down with my girls and said, all right, girls, go to your room and read your Bible right? I need you to read it. Right. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just never forced my kids to read their Bible. I never forced them to pray, you know, but my girls all pray and they all read their Bible. And the reality of that is they watched me do it. Yeah, that's good. They, they grew up watching their dad every night, read my Bible. Uh, I'm 58 for the last eight years. I've been journaling, right? My whole life I've journaling everything. I'll talk about that later. Why I do that. But my girls now do the things I was doing and do the things their mother was doing because they watched us model it. Right. That's good. And here's my issue to this. I don't want to belabor the thought too long. But my issue is, I think, as parents, we want things for our kids, but we don't model it. Model the thing. You know, I mean, we get out and we throw ball with them because we want to model how to hit a golf ball or how to kick a soccer ball. But if you want some faith filled children, you got to model that. You have to model what that looks like, right. not just demand it. Hand me your phone. You're in trouble. Model what that looks like. So that was one thing Phil said. You got to leave footprints. Number two, and I hope this helps um, after you model it for your kids, and by that again I'll, I'll say you and Alicia sitting around the table you mentioned transgender LGBTQ right. crisis COVID all the things that would make us panic and about government intervention and where the world is going well if they see you and Alicia sitting around the table demeaning other people who are struggling uh, talking hateful about other groups of people that you may not agree with panicking about what the government's going to do well they're going to pick that up right, right true. so you got to model you got to model the peace rather write that down that was good you got to model the peace rather than the panic number 2 phil said this he said not only do you have to leave footprints to jesus you got to live in such a way that you make your kids jealous for jesus and i think that's a bigger challenge than we know I would ask anybody listening, you know, not, not, do you believe in Jesus? Do you go to church? Do you, you know, do good deeds are you a good human? I hope anybody would just be a good human with or without God. But do, do you make your family jealous of God? Like they want him, like they look at that and go, my God, whatever you have, I want, you know, I, I want the God that you say you have that I want uh, that's one reason I serve God today as I watch that modeled from my mom and dad. Sure. And now I try and Robin tries to model that to our girls is, uh, you know, I want to model it. But at the same time, I want my girls to go, man, I watched my mom and dad go through a hell hole with this cancer. And both of them stayed in a realm of peace. Both of them stayed in faith and kept their thoughts right and their mouth right and, and, and make them jealous. And the reason is, girls, is I'm not trying to fake this thing. To me, it's legit. I believe that Jesus Christ lives in me. And so, therefore, I want that to make them jealous. There's a higher power at work in me. right? And I think when you look around and you see everybody panicking, government, gender issues, sexuality issues, education issues, financial issues, you become panicky. I would, I would have to ask, well, what do you believe then? What is it that you really believe? Because we can, there's enough Google information. You can Google your problem and find hundreds and hundreds, if not millions. I often joke that one touch of a Google, you can get millions of answers to one problem. (laughs) It's not answers people need. It's it's how do you navigate it? How do you put it together? And it's not answers. It's modeling. It's not answers. It's fathering and mothering. People need the wisdom of the mothers and the fathers because the the knowledge is is exponential, but. To have somebody, so I would say to anybody, listen, who is that in your life? Who's modeling this thing called life? You're not know, opened up with, you're, you're having to navigate this great extravagant thing that's a challenge, this thing called life, right? Uh, learning to, na- who is it in your life? And that's why I wanted to do this podcast is to say, well, I would love to be a voice of wisdom to help you navigate, to help you figure out the problems of life and push you not only to knowledge, but to wisdom. Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. I'm glad you told that story because it's one that I have always remembered. You've, you've told me that before about how you've never really just gathered your family and done, uh, you know, Bible studies and prayer times, but it's the life that you've lived that your girls have seen. And one of the things, uh, that is a motto here at, uh, the believers church is we want to build a general, a generational legacy for Jesus. And I've always thought that that's one of the best things to do it's a matter, we've got friends who, uh, Maybe they're in ministry or whatever, and their dad is one thing out in public, and when they come back in, it's the exact opposite of what you say. So, I think it's very important that the two takeaways there, man, is to leave that footprint, to model the behavior. I really like what you said, to model peace rather than the panic. Uh, I think that's something in our families that we don't do enough of. We say the right things, even when we come to church. Very, I, I know, I'm not casting stones when I say this, but almost talk the Christianese about how, nope, well, I'm blessed, everything's great. And, and then behind the scenes we're we're drinking, we're crying, we're, we're doing whatever your, your family sees that. Uh, and then man live in such a way that your kids are jealous for Jesus. I, I think those are three takeaways from that. Just 10 minutes. Yeah. If did.
0: anybody knows the reality of you, it's going to be your kids. Yeah, absolutely. They know whether you're real or not. They know whether you're faking it or yeah. not, you know, you can't fool them. They'll pick up real quickly how you act in the house. Um, you know, I want to read something to you. Because I, I think the challenge of this generation of fatherlessness is not that dads aren't there. I think it's are we, are we leading a generation, into a place of certainty rather than chaos. Sure. My belief is this is the most chaotic generation. You can't even define a woman, you don't even know your sexuality, you don't know your gender. It's so funny. I was I was listening to another podcast and they were talking this was from Slovenia, I think it was. So, you know, over near Russia. Right. And I love what the dude said. He said, the American culture is ruining the children, he said, because you have the most sexualized, and he even said, perverted generation. The guy wasn't a Christian. He just was talking about what the agenda of the world is doing to the American kid over sexualizing them uh their first sexual encounter by age 12 minimum um seeing perverted images by age six and eight in in normal homes just it's so prevalent And I I look at this generation, and again, it's not that we don't have all the things at our fingertip. My God, cell phones, the technology that's available. The kids today have more technological wizardry than I could probably ever fathom. And you know you're getting old when you call a 12-year-old and go, hey, can you help me with this, (laughs) this phone? But but i think what this generation is missing again i'll go to it it's the seasons of fathers and mothers the seasoned men and the seasoned women that stand as a father and mother and i could talk about this all day because i believe it's a, a worldwide agenda to rob a generation of that because if i'll just say this if you're listening and you're a mom or dad whether we like it or not you better know that the social agenda is parenting your children and they get them every single day for hours a day, and if not almost all day long, 24-7. And that's the crisis, man. That, that is why I'm sitting in this podcast room to say, in some way, I want to make a difference. I, I, I laughed this Sunday at church. You know, I used to wake up and go, I want to change the world, right? Like, that's what I want to do. 20 years old, I'm going to change the world and the way we do it here is 50 feet in a time. So this podcast room is my 50 feet. It's my time on the earth. I often say this is our generation. The baton is in our hands. And I don't want to spend my life just wasting it. So here we sit, episode one. There is a crisis. I want to speak to that crisis and try to help young men and young women navigate the thing called life. Can I read something yeah, real the, quick? absolutely. And just get your thought on this. This you you ask you know in, in a generation like this what do we do? Listen to Jesus's words, Matthew twenty four. This is Jesus, verse four. Jesus told them, "Don't let anyone mislead you." You think that's happening today? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: social media, anything. Gosh, movies, music, uh, you know the the viral videos of the day mislead us. For many will come in my name, claiming I'm Messiah, and they will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Listen to verse six. This is what I said. Don't panic. Now, when you got God himself, Jesus in the flesh saying, look, it's going to get really crazy out there. Don't panic. Mm. So that would tell me there has to be something bigger in us as men and women, as mothers and dads. There has to be a button in us. this a non panic button. Like, I'm not going to panic here. The world is falling apart. Jesus goes on and just, you know, iterates. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. You'll be persecuted. I mean, it goes into this litany of of hell about what's going to come out on the earth. But but I'll say this to anybody listening. I've buried a wife to the drunk driver. I have buried, gosh, babies born that didn't make it. Uh, I have seen marriages crumble. I have seen kids tragically die. I, I could just give you a litany of things I've seen in my 58 years. Crisis is in my culture, crisis in the church, chaos in families. And at every juncture, I had the opportunity to go, screw this. I'm, I'm out of here. This is stupid. This thing called God, Jesus, church, uh, religion, all of it. But all along the way, I discerned it, I looked at it, I thought about it, and the end result was I came to the conclusion at 58, there's no better way to live than to live believing that there is a person, a God that dwells in us and wants to uh, habitate and commune with us. And, And in that, I find great peace that through it all, I've learned how not to panic I've learned how to find peace somewhere else. I've learned how to tap into something beyond what the world offers me. And that's what I want to do. I want to take every week to just offer some of that non-panic wisdom of someone that's lived it, been through it, the challenges, the tears, the bloodshed, the hurt, the pain, the loneliness at times, the failure at times, but still swinging, still uh still moving forward still wanting to own my 50 feet and i pray it helps whoever listens but i'll leave you with this it's a generation where we need to model what we believe it's a generation where we need the mothers and fathers to live in such a way that we make others jealous for christ and we need to look in a mirror first before we look at who we're going to vote for as a president and all the things we may try to fix in this crazy world we need to look in the mirror And ask, am I modeling the peace or the panic? And I would say start there. And if you model panic better, ask the harder question, why? Why do you model panic if you claim to be what you are? Then ask the harder question, would my life make anybody jealous for what I have? And I'm not talking about some external thing like a business model or I'm talking about internally. Do you possess anything that anybody else would want? That's what I want to do, spend my life trying to help people navigate life. And welcome to the Lunch Break Podcast, Episode
1: 1. It's a good one, man. Thank you. Let me invite everybody that is listening, all the men out there to the Fellowship of Sons conference. It's going to be here at Believers Church, September 8th through the 10th. You've got about a week left to register. You can go to mybelieverschurch.com to register. It's going to be a great conference. If you thought this was great, you need to come to Fellowship of Sons. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next Wednesday at 1145.